Good afternoon and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, sir? Gary, I'm okay. My back is a little sore and my hamstrings are a little sore. I took five swings in the batting cage yesterday when I took <laughs> when I took, took my son to go hit a little. And I'm like, watch how dad does it. Now, I make good contact, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm old. It's official. I remember those days, too. And I think I got calluses after about 10 swings the one day. And I, <laughs> that's when I, I really started feeling old right then. It, it's brutal. And, Rob, how are you doing, sir? I, I'm pleasantly pre- uh, pleased to see that you have also grown um, COVID main. That's pretty yeah. exciting for me. I'm not it's, alone uh... this week. <laughs> this yeah, is Rob uh... Allman. He is the uh, staff cartoonist at DK Pittsburgh Sports. And yes, um, we we are so excited to have him on because uh, first of all, I really like the cartoon canon on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I think it's really cool. That's where I've come to uh, appreciate his work. Um, until I was lucky enough to be one of the people that he drew, which is really cool, <laughs> just to have somebody do a cartoon of you that you're not trying to hide in your closet. <laughs> it was a lot better than the Butler Fair, I'll tell you that, folks. <laughs> um, but uh, with, with DK opening the new store, we thought it'd be great to have uh, Rob Allman on because he's going to have some merchandise for sale there. And I thought, hey, let's have him on because he's also a baseball fan. He wants to talk sports with us, too. So, Rob, say hello yeah. to everybody. Hey, hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm always happy to uh, talk sports and sell anything that's not nailed down. So, um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Good, good stuff. So we're going to start out with uh, – some meat and potatoes because I think just about every week we're not going to really be able to escape the CBA. We might as well make it an upfront topic. And uh, it's been 42 days since MLBPA and MLB sat down. Thank God the man who proudly wore that number wasn't as dumb as those running the game today. But uh, that was it. It was a punt. (laughs) I I read some of the proposal that leaked out already. It was a punt. That's all this was. Jim, anything you got to say about it? I've been reading a little bit. I'll read some of the quotes that came out of it. but Yeah, I mean, just real quick. I mean, kind of sitting here all day in between work, just waiting for some morsels, morsels to come out, right? And so we got a few of them. Pretty underwhelming. I know we're going to talk about a little bit of it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I expected. I was on um, – uh, the fence, if anything substantive would come of it, it doesn't look like it. So, yeah, it, it, it was a punt. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, Rob, I know you were working right before this, so I really need to read you some of the quotes, I think, before you can comment, huh? Yeah, I, well, I just, I you know, to be honest, and then this is coming from somebody who, you know, I, I follow it very, uh, very much like a, like a, like a, like a civilian um, I, I expected nothing today and it seems like that's exactly what they gave us. It, it, it really does seem like one of those things to me, again, uneducated opinion where they're just gonna, you know, just, just kick the can down the road as far as they can. Once in a while, they'll have this stunt where they, yeah. you know, talks are happening and then nothing substantive, substantive comes of it. Yeah. That's kind of what I took from it this time too. And the big quote that really kind of stuck out with me, and I really wanted to get your opinions on this one. Rob, I'm going to bounce right back to you on this. Okay. They, they said that they increased money for Super 2 players, which would mean that they have to kind of admit that they've been manipulating it in the first place <laughs> because they, they say they're, they're going to award draft picks to teams that don't manipulate service time. Right now, how can you determine that? Because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of been the claim all along: is that you can't determine that. You can't say the Rays were manipulating Wander Franco, right? Right. Well, I mean, if you say it, you admit it, right? Like you said, exactly. So, yeah, it's. Uh, 
uh, I, you know, like, again, not, not, uh, not, uh, uh, fluent enough in it to speak in all the terms, but it, it just does really seem like, uh, you know, uh, just kick the can down the road. Exactly. And, I mean, Jim, I know you probably have an opinion on this, but you know, you've worked in law enforcement in some way, shape or form before, if somebody comes in and says, Hey, we're guilty, but uh, don't use this in court. <laughs> I mean, Dude, it, it is the, it is the uh, premium up a uh, prime example of, you know, how do you determine intent? Um, mm-hmm. Which, which does go straight to kind of like a, the legal system with some things, you know, yeah. and uh, what is premeditated? How do you determine what, the intent is or or even prove it yeah i think that's really what it comes down to um clearly they're admitting it's a problem i mean first proposal we see here that uh has come out it's like one of the main things that they wanted to address with the players so it's a big admission i just don't know how in the world you could ever i mean who who would decide that? Would it be some kind of like panel? I mean, how would you have to like, file it, a grievance? Uh, like, a how group? does that work? Like, I'm sitting here looking at it right now, and there's I, that's that's one thing. Okay, how do you define a super two? Okay, or how do you d- define whether it was manipulated or not? That's that's weird enough already. The fact they left super twos in this is really odd to me. I thought that would be pretty much the easiest thing to get rid of. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I thought that'd be the first thing they knocked off without even much effort. Well, I mean, then it tells you that for some reason it's either important to one party or important to both enough that they've felt the need to keep it in. Um, I, I don't know which way that falls. Um, it, it, it sounds to me, and what what else did they talk about? They talked about awarding draft picks to teams that don't manipulate. Yeah, um, like we like we time. discussed. That's crazy. Right. It does. I mean, like that is. Then you're really getting into like. Now you are really affecting like competitive balance and determining. Um, yeah. You know what kind of drafts teams can have? My goodness. I mean, Rob, you you're a guy that works in freelance a lot. So yes. when you walk into a room and, and you say, uh, I need uh, $400 to do this job, and they, they come back with uh, 300 right? a month later they call you up and say, hey, Rob, listen, we're still willing to pay that 300 Does it change your mind and all of a sudden you want to do the work? <laughs> I mean, like, maybe, yeah. you're, maybe you're a month more desperate, and that's what the owners are kind of hoping for, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's always one of those things where, um, you know, you, you, you kind of have your number in mind and, and they have their number in mind and you kind of meet in the middle somewhere. But if there's no, you know, if, if, you know, desperation, I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the same kind of uh, situation where people are going to get desperate in that manner that they're going to decide to take it later. You know, Um, I don't know. The point of a lockout period is to put pressure. So if you're not to the point where you're going to lose games, guess what they haven't applied yet? Right, right. So to me, losing games was always going to happen. I know that, Jim, you've disagreed with that before, but losing games to me was always going to happen as soon as they decided to go the lockout route. Because there's no sense in doing it if you're not going to lose games. That's your pressure point. Well, I, I can say for myself, speaking as just a you know somebody who doesn't have the depth of experience that you guys have, I just assumed that was going to happen. You know, I hoped it wouldn't, but it just seems like one of those things that always follows an event like this. Right. Um, except maybe in the NFL, where everything is such a much bigger deal. But you know, whether it's hockey or or you know, which you know, unfortunately, more lockouts there that I have more familiarity with. Uh, it's all. It's always going to come down to that's when the 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 wheels are really going to start turning, right? Absolutely. Um, when once once the games start going away. Do you yeah, have any once, thoughts on that? 
No, just, it, you know, I have been kind of outspoken. I thought that the way they implemented the lockout, you know, um, as, as fast as they could, I thought um, that there would be too much money to lose coming off of, a, off of all the COVID stuff, that I really did think it would be something that they wouldn't want to happen, uh, especially the owners this time, oddly enough, um, because there's a lot of owners with, yeah, they've got deep pockets, but they're highly, highly leveraged and they've got a lot of things to pay for. And some of them have stadiums to pay for and ballparks and whatnot. So I, I just thought it might be different this time around, but maybe the, maybe the thing with baseball is, is that you realize the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the history of the game yeah. has taught us that they're, they are willing to go down this road. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I, like I said, I called this a punt from the beginning. That's what this first proposal was. I feel that in my bones. They didn't move on anything really major. Higher minimum salary, that's about it. I was more taken back by some of the admissions in there, and I, I almost can't wait to see the, the formal language if it actually comes out because I'm hoping – the way that this reads was just poorly worded by the, the reporters as opposed to what actually came out of their mouths because this is just silly to, to box yourself into a corner. But it's a good place for a break. But before we actually go, I want to give Rob a chance to, to tell you a little bit about um, the things he's going to have for sale in the new store. Lord willing and the Mon don't rise. There's going to be a new store on Fifth Avenue, and I wanted him to have a chance to talk about some of that. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're still in talks, we're still uh, trying to figure out exactly what it's going to be. Um, but, you know, I can say with all confidence, of course, um, you know, the cartoon canon uh, strips. Uh, we have um, a book that we, we put out a couple of years ago um, and uh, a, a few copies of that remain. So that'll be in there, of course. Um, uh, probably a good selection of prints of the various cartoon canon strips. Um, so gosh, I think I'm, you know, up around 250 or 300 of them now. So I'll, I'll try yeah. to represent it's as many. It's a pretty big catalog. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing when I go back through and just look at just how many of these things I've done. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of wild because you just never run out of, uh, never run out of mem memories, never run out of events, I guess. Um, and, right. and you start having to get more and more obscure, which is where it almost starts getting more fun. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the real popular ones will be in there. Um, I create a, uh, a, a hockey comic, uh, uh, that's not, um, Pittsburgh centric necessarily, old -timey but more just hockey. old timey hockey tales. Yeah. Uh, three issues of that that are out right now. And it just kind of goes and, you know, uh, details some of the, you know, various stories from the history of hockey, some, true some probably a little bit less true but always pretty entertaining uh i've always been fascinated by by the history of the nhl and just some of the characters and crazy events that happened back before as many people were paying attention and you didn't have the kind of media landscape you do now right. <laughs> um so that you know and maybe some like fun merch too uh i have a you know i work on a lot of kind of uh state based uh designs. I have a, 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 I live in Virginia, but I have a, a sort of a, a line of um, different state drawings that I do. Um, hopefully maybe get those in there. Maybe some, you know, fun stickers or t-shirts or, you yeah, know, I saw you did the Capitals work. comic strip. So yeah, uh, I hope people can get past that and, and enjoy <laughs> what, you, what you normally uh, do here, but I'll tell you well, what, we do have to take a break now. Yeah. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more buckos, everybody. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, we're sitting down with Rob Allman, the staff cartoonist at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and Jim Stam, Gary Morgan with you as always. And today we wanted to touch on our poll that we have never, ever gotten into the rhythm of having <laughs> be weekly. 
We but, say it uh, is, but we, we yeah. say it's weekly, but we just just don't do it. Um, but the poll this week was interesting to me. Um, I put up when you look at the pirate system, do you see enough to form a winner? And of course, development has to happen. Uh, I, I really wanted some answers from this, and you guys came through. I mean, you guys pounded us with some really good answers. First, the results, yes, was 70, eh, we'll call it 71%, and no was 29%. I was a little bit surprised by that because, and maybe this is just the nature of human beings, that the more pessimistic of us tend to reply more often than than the optimistic, or maybe it's just a reflection of our followers um, a lot of you have drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that's why it came out that way. But 70% of you think that what is in the system is enough to, to create a winner. And uh, I'll start with our buddy Scott Nelson here for a reply because I, I just – he's always folksy the way he replies. And I dig <laughs> it. says, uh, yes, they have a star in Reynolds, potential star in Hayes. Crews and pieces both here and coming up that are more than the well we think they'll fill a role, guys. So pretty good stuff there. And I think that's pretty close to where I fall on that. I do think the system has enough to augment that. Rob, you're, you're watching from a distance, and you've just watched your local baseball club. I would imagine you're probably close to the Nationals somewhere over there, yeah. right? Closer, so, depending on traffic, you know, it's yeah, closer so you than just PNC, watch them but, decimate you know. their roster. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, even if um, you are starting to transition fandom, you understand this. Oh, no, there'll, there'll be no transitioning. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a quick Wrong. funny story about uh, me and uh, Nationals Park. I usually go see the Pirates there. I am a an unbelievable something like. 0-12, 0-13, seeing the Pirates at Nationals Park. That includes 2013 through 2015. It's I have wow. never seen a win there. You didn't uh, even see the Starling Marte walk-off? No, I missed that one. I didn't go to I was like, <laughs> I've had enough of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I saw a real exciting game in 2014, 2013, 2014. Pirates came back and tied it in the ninth and then lost on a walk-off by Bryce Harper. Um, went to Went to all three games one year. They lost them all. I mean, it's just – it's a bloodbath every time. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I completely uh, sidetracked your question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when I when I look at the team, it's – you know, it's it, – it, it, in answering the poll, it, you know, there's what I want to believe and then there's, you know, cruel reality coming at me at the same time. I do feel like there are a lot of pieces there. I mean, you think about their last little run of success, uh, you know uh, – it was, you don't need that much, you know, you don't need, it's not like you need to need like nine superstars. You just need, you know, a, a few, a few of them. And then, uh, right. Like Josh Harrison was a piece of the last one. Yeah, exactly. Jordy Mercer. Like some of these guys. Yeah. Some of these guys who you kind of forget about. Yeah. Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison are great examples because they seem to, you know, they seem to, to, to get a hit where it was needed and they had their heroic moments to go along with the, you know, the more superstar types. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I think anything, anything could happen. Uh, development is key. Development is key. Absolutely. And Jim, you know, we talk about development all the time. Of course, it's important. <clears throat> I don't want to glaze over that and pretend that everybody's going to hit projections. But this was really more meant to be, in my eyes, a reality check for people. I, I keep hearing people super excited that, that the system is ranked as number one or will be ranked as number one, and that means this will happen in X year. Okay, well, so you're saying you look at that system and tell me that it's there? They don't need to go get anything? I mean, what do you think there? Well, I mean, for me, it's not. Um, I voted no simply because I, I – I just, I'm not sure, you know, if we look back at when the Pirates had their, you know, three-year run there, um, and you look at the type of uh, guys that they had that could, you know, uh, well, McCutcheon was a, a t guy that could carry a team at times, but, but you're going to sure. need, you're going to need a couple big stars, big big guys that can carry you um, that you can't pitch around all the time in a lineup um, that 
are just built differently from a baseball perspective. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on guys like O'Neill Cruz, quite frankly, uh, coming up. And, um, you know, I'm of the mindset of being very careful with him because of that and his development. Um, Kid Brian Hayes, we have a little bit of a, <clears throat> a mixed bag on. I think he's super talented. I, I think that's obvious. Um, offensively, you've got to see more from him. Uh, we've got Brian Reynolds right now, and he's fantastic, but he's going to need some help. And um, that's not even getting into the pitching side of things. So, you know, obviously they're in better shape. There's no doubt about that. Um, are they on a winning path that I like to um, be confident in? I'm not sure yet. I'm just not. And uh, I think it's it might be a little disingenuous for me to just point at uh, farm system rankings and say, you know, hey, it's just a matter of time. Some of these guys are going to have to turn into um, – kind of impact high impact baseball players because those guys will not come from anywhere but the system yeah that's a great way to look at it honestly that's a lot of words to say kind of what i was going to say was (laughs) i voted no because i've never seen a team in baseball do it without trading i've never seen a team do it completely through their system even tampa bay trades like, so <laughs> I just yeah. don't see that happening. Um, I guess I could believe it's all there um, if I believed that everything would kind of translate its way up through the system and just magically appear as the best version of itself. But I just don't see it in- internally. I think they'll, they'll end up having to make some moves to, to make the pieces fit, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Like, they're going to have to – fill in some holes and, and, and fill some roles uh, through free agency and maybe some deadline deals. Um, but to expect it to come from outside, that's probably just not even realistic. So we really are sitting here waiting on all this talent acquisition to sort itself out, see what develops, and, man, we got to hit on a couple of these dudes. We've really got to hit on yeah, a couple like, of these dudes. It's really important that one of these pitchers is a star. A star. Yeah. Not just <clears throat> good. Like, we need, yeah. a, we need a – and, you know, go back a few years to even when we didn't win. They need a Denny Nagel. Yeah. They need somebody that's really going to hit the ground running and be that guy. And um, that that's going to be really crucial to whether this all works or not. That could be Quinn Priester, Ruanzi. I don't care who it is, but it's got to be somebody. And you need at least a complimentary guy. So to me, I think they're going to have to go out. But our friend Nick and Graves both referenced in their comments the quality of the depth is why they think the answer is yes. Because, uh, and I'll put it exactly as Graves did, the gap between being a star, a complimentary player, or trade bait is shrinking in this system. And that is a really, really good way to look at it because what she's saying basically is they are creating so little separation between who's like going to be a star and who's maybe going to bomb out that she feels the depth will kind of bleed its way through. Basically creating more of those Gary Varsho, Josh Harrison, Jordy Mercer types on the low end and the high end is an O'Neill Cruz type. So I, I like the way she put that. I'm not 100% sure again that I buy into that 100%. I think they're going to have to go and get somebody, but it's an interesting way to look at it. Rob, what do you think? Well, I just, I mean, I, when you put it that way, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine a team like the Pirates ever being able to, you know, strictly on system. I mean, you look at somebody like, uh, you know, Russell Martin before how much came from him, how much came from bringing in AJ Burnett, how much came from just, uh, you know, that, that, the, the, those couple of players that came in from outside to complement what you had. Um, and it's a great point about McCutcheon too, being able to carry a team because, right. you know, you remember when he was at his, you know, at his peak, you know, you didn't want to miss an at bat cause something was always happening with him. And, right. uh, 
And, um, you know, is any of these guys that guy? Uh, Sterling you know. Marte was a lot better, too, before he was asked yeah. to, do, to do that job. Right, right. That's not and, easy. And we got to give, you know, a lot of people bash that um, regime <laughs> uh, on their way out, the Neil Huntington regime. But, I mean, they really did nail a few things, like Rob mentioned, with Burnett and Russell Martin and Liriano was in there. I mean, like, man, those were if, – if, if you got to have a little luck in there, yeah. they got it. But that's what you're going to have to do is find those kinds of guys and pieces again, especially mm-hmm. if um, you are a little bit short on some of that superstar potential. And they just – I mean, they really nailed that part of it. I, I, I don't know if that is – talked about enough quite honestly see that was partially luck but that was partially that was partially something that people just pretend didn't happen too yeah they 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 straight up went out and and kept liriano after he proved he was a good pitcher they they extended him they made that happen like they they went and signed russell martin they didn't trade a bunch of prospects for an aging catcher. They went and signed him. They wanted him. They went and got him. They matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, those were, I mean, historically, it's kind of sad, but those are two of the Pirates' biggest free agent signings ever. Um, yeah. When you look at it, yeah, Liriano so, and Martin, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you if you look back, people don't think about that at all. They they talk about how they let the team fall apart after 2015 and they're right but they, they don't think about that crucial point a few years before where they kept it together and put it together I yeah, they were think, huge pieces go ahead rob i was gonna say i always think you know this is one of these again the the, the uneducated opinion coming out but um and i've always kind of you know talked about this just among friends um and uh you know what if you know in 2015 i felt like they were just maybe just a, just a move like that in 2015 really could have could have helped them. Um, you know, uh, that was such a weird season because they did they played so well and they were so good. But once you got to the point where uh, you know it, it just seemed like it, it was going to be um, oh what's his name Arietta in the wild card game and that and we were going to lose and that was going to be it. Uh, you know, at least for me. You know, I spent the entire month of September thinking that, and that's exactly what happened. And I yeah, wonder right. if, you know, gosh, if they had just been able to move, you know, because they ended up moving, um, uh, you know, moving, uh, oh, shucks, to Tampa Bay for uh, Archer. Um, oh, Meadows. Meadows. <laughs> You're Meadows. the only person in the world whose mind it has slipped, sir. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under pressure here. Of course I know who it is. But, you know, gosh, it, you know, why did they move Meadows, you know, two years later? Move him then? You know, I don't know. Maybe bring in a guy so close. And and, and you're right. It is luck, you know, and, and those those early moves turned out. Those those early, you know, moves that they made were, were lucky and they worked out. Um and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it just seems like, uh, they were afraid of success and, or eh, who knows what, you know, I don't know that they were afraid of success, but, uh, just, you know, one they were afraid like that, of, uh, that might've, I think they were afraid of, um, having to really enter, um, the dark ages again yeah. and rebuild. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes a sense. lot of things happened that a lot of fans didn't want to see. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, AJ Burnett retired. Yeah, they didn't kick him off the team. You know, right? Um, they didn't fail to re-sign him. He retired. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, right. That's true. The, you know, yeah. Liriano oh. fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the league turned him out. And and you know, let's let's call it what it is. McCutcheon, um, something. <laughs> went wrong there. He was not the same guy. Right. It happened years earlier. But, you know, I think, like, big picture, I think what they want to do this time, and hopefully, and our buddy Bob Nutting says he's learned from it, to see it through the next time when it happens. Like, don't get there and then not be afraid to see it through and uh, yeah. just be kind of almost like, oh, God, thank God we made it. Uh, we're we're almost happy to be here, and let's just let's not get carried away. 
Well, you know what? No one's saying you got to get carried away, but it doesn't do all that good. All it doesn't do any good to get all that way and then right at the end just get a little hesitant about how you're doing it. Yeah, so see, hopefully again, that would be the difference. I, see, I think that's a that's almost a cute re remembrance of, of what actually <laughs> happened. Because, you think so? Yeah, the payroll got up to a certain point. In fact, 2016 it was higher than 2015. So the payroll got up to a certain point via arbitration. They had the retirement of A.J. Burnett. Neil Walker was exactly what they thought Neil Walker was when they traded him, regardless of what they got back for him. They thought his back was shot. His back was shot. But, I mean, that's all there was to it. Andrew McCutcheon fell off the cliff. Starling Marte did drugs. I mean, like, Liriano stunk. Just absolutely stunk. But maybe we're talking about two different things, though, too, Gary, is like I'm talking more about not so much after after the fact. It was just during the run um, that I would have liked to have seen them be just a little bit more aggressive. And I know everyone's You're saying, point. like, basically, instead of Cervelli, go get Riamolto or, some, you know, something along those yes, lines. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking more in the moment trying to see it through and rather than... I'm talking than... after the fact because I'm saying, like, the payroll is bad. Correct. With all that stuff I just listed, in order to keep that team together, as people love yeah. to rant and rave about... And man, we get off topic, but this is way more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but in order to keep that team together, you you would have had to spend up to like one eighty, period. Just to just to try. Jay Hap wasn't staying. Toronto was going to pay him whatever he wanted. That's just yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, my, so to me, I, there was no winning in twenty sixteen. I get what you're saying, though. They should have maybe gone more after it in 2013 yeah that's what i'm talking about and that's funny because um this is this is what makes sports conversations great is that just like twitter um we're we're um our mindset is in a different spot even when we're talking about it which creates the confusion which is social media and twitter so yeah i mean that's yeah we got off topic but i do think some of it does translate to this time when they get there and how they're going to approach it and, and, and you're hopefully right. Stay the course though. That's what was said. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm talking about when you, you know, when you see that the moment is rapidly approaching, boy, they better invest some to not miss that window again. That's, I, that's I totally my big agree. point. I totally yeah. agree. And I usually have to try to disagree with you because you're the anti-ex-wife of mine. So. Um, that was really good, though, man. I'm actually glad we changed topics. That was better than the poll. Maybe that should have been our poll. I, I will talk about the 2013 to 2015 Pirates any day. I don't, I don't get nearly enough opportunities. It's a good idea. My, we should do a whole segment life. at some it's point. It's just uh, – well, real quick, but um, before we go to a break or something, Rob, when you go to games, uh, you know, let's say you go to a Nationals game or wherever, yeah. um, what's your what's your attire like? Do you do you uh, go full Yinzer mode or are you um, Ooh, reserved or do you do you bust out like the Clemente jersey and how how do you how do you roll? Okay, well, in, it varies. Parks. Uh, here's okay. Well, so I. I Usually I, I keep it a little, and it wasn't always like this. These days I, I, I keep it a little, a little, uh, a little understated, you know, maybe just a t-shirt, maybe a cap. Don't really do the Jersey too often. Oh, that's just cause it's hot. Um, but, uh, but, but it has been known to happen. The, the exception being, um, I, I got, I got a, a, a group of friends, uh, that I went to that, that, that I kind of, you know, grew up with, uh, in uh, Kent, Ohio. And we have, um, it hasn't happened in the last two years because of the pandemic, but we had a nice six year run of going to a penguin or a, I'm sorry, a pirate game and an Indians game in the same day, uh, in the same, well, that's cool. you know, like, yeah, drive from Cleveland to Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh to Cleveland or whatever, and go see two games, a day game and a night game. And, uh, I get all decked out for those, you know, stovepipe cap, the, the big stance, the knee high stance socks, the whole deal. <laughs> we made t-shirts. Very cool. Year. 
it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, it can, it can really go either way. Uh, but, um, generally I, I, I save the really ridiculous costumes for those days. <laughs> no, that awesome. sounds like an awesome idea. Actually. It's a blast, man. I mean, it, it is a long day, but, it's gotta uh, be. if, you, if you can do the road game, cause I, you know, my, I, my mom lives just outside, uh, you know, about 40 minutes from Cleveland. So, you know, if you can do the road game first, do the Pittsburgh game for the day, matinee in Pittsburgh, and then drive back to Cleveland and, and see the night game there. And then, you know, it's, 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 it's a blast. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's, you'd be think it'd be to too much of a good thing. Game first, Jim, with no drinking. <laughs> well, that's, that's a, why that's you a, have, that's an that's expensive Uber ride. That's why there's six of us, because somebody always draws the short straw and go. they're the one who has to drive. <laughs> Luckily, I know a couple of teetotalers and they'll, uh, you know, they'll always step up and, uh, you know, take the reins for that. But, uh, yeah, that's you, you'd think it'd be too much of a good thing. But it turns out it's almost not quite enough of a good thing, even though it's a lot of a good thing. I'm going to have to steal great. that idea. Yeah, no, it's, I it's love that idea. Yeah, that sounds great. super cool. All right. Well, let's take another quick break here. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the international signing period that's coming up here really quick, opening up on the 15th. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, the last subject I wanted to talk about today was the upcoming international signing period. It opens on the 15th, and the Pirates are in position here to to get some pretty decent players, it looks like. Um, they're in line right now to get the number 12 available, and I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, but I'm going to try as best I can. You're Donnie De Los Santos. They love De Los Santos. We've had so many of those now, it feels like. But this is the number 12 available player in, in the pool. And he's another super tall O'Neill Cruz type shortstop prospect. Uh, looks to be a little more filled out than O'Neill was uh, at that age. Uh, 16 years old. Um, the interesting thing about him is that up until very recently, he was on track to be signed by Tampa Bay. Not sure what happened there, but pretty interesting. And actually, I believe I got that backwards because the next prospect I'm talking about is that guy. That's Tony Blanco Jr. He's the 11th ranked prospect available. He's a 6'5", 230-pound outfielder with a power tool of 55. I mean, I don't want to get carried away here, and I'm certainly not going to act like this is uh, puts us in the World Series by a certain year or anything like that. But combine that with Solomon McGuire from, from a couple years ago and, and Po Yu Chen and Shailen Polanco, who was the number 11 prospect last year, they are making some moves here that are, are bringing in some talent. And I'm going to throw out an interesting name, Jim, and then before I toss it over to you so that you can take uh, the blame for bringing it up. Okay. Juan Soto was the 13th best prospect at one point in this, in this poll. So <clears throat> you should not just turn a blind eye to these signings. I know they're a long way away, but that doesn't make them any less interesting or important. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, people have to realize that these are 16-year-old kids. I mean, so um, we're not talking guys that are on the precipice of Major League Baseball. Um, I think if you really even get extremely lucky and hit on one of these kinds of dudes, you're talking four years um, before you would even – Yeah, I mean, I'm talking like optimal situation – Wander Franco type, yes. Juan Soto type, you know. Home You're run. talking low A by seventeen, eighteen. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. and just automatically just um, forcing his way, uh, just based on the fact that they're so ready. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing about this draft is, um, and I found something, so get, bear with me here one second. The guys like Soto, Tatis, um, Marte, Acuna, Ozzy Albi, Alves, these guys, none of them were the best paid signees in their class. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about the who's who of guys, and you can find them, and interestingly enough, they weren't even the, the marquee uh, name or the highest paid player that ended up signing a deal. So hugely important. Again, it tells you how hard it is to, to um, identify some of these guys, but it's a great way for a team like the Pirates to try to get some of that young talent and see what it becomes. Right. And, and Rob, one of the points that I think is interesting here, we, we've had a few of these now to look at from Ben Charrington. Um, he's done a good job with it, I think. He, he's, he's expanded the reach um, to Asia and uh, Australia. I think that's interesting. He's pulling some good talent from there. It's not all just the Dominican and all about the DSL at this point. It, he's been doing a good job with, with actually taking some of the top guys off the board and, and locking them in. Neil Huntington had a different approach where it was more of a, a carpet bombing, I would say. He just would sign as many guys as he could. Um, there's, a, there's a cap on how much you can actually spend in this market, but anything under 20000 didn't count. So gotcha. he would sign 20 of those guys. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Some of those guys have turned into something here. You know, the yeah. Pirates have not done poorly in this market. They, Gregory Polanco came from that. Yeah. You can say that he ended up stinking, but to get a, a guy to the major leagues and have a, a seven-year career is a success in this market. Right. It really is. Um, Starling Marte, Rodolfo Castro, J1 Bay is, is coming up. You know, it's not as though it was completely devoid. O'Neill Cruz came up from the international pool just – from LA. What do you think of the different approaches there? Do you like the throw as much at the wall and see what sticks with, with young kids like this? Or do you think it's better to target some of these top talents like Ben Charrington is? Because I read those stats, six, five, two I'm excited about that, but I've, I've also seen kids here in America, six, five, two at 16, that they just end up getting fat. That was, you know, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying that's going to happen, but right. you don't know how these kids are going to develop. Yeah. Well, I mean, boy, you know, it's, I mean, I can, I, I can, I can kind of see the, the benefit in both, uh, in both uh, approaches. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not saying either know, one is right or wrong. I'm just, there's a difference I, for sure here. It's pretty yeah. stark. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, why not try something different? I guess uh, you know, when you see something like that, when you see the you know that kind of statistic, you, you have to get at least a little bit interested, right? Right. Um, when you have someone you know with with stats like that, uh, especially when you see you know the Soto example is is a good one. Um, you, that's where he came from. That's what. You know the the rankings sort of match up um, a lot of potential there, so uh, you know, I, I can see the benefit in having just just every you know just a, a, a huge roster of players, but going in and finding someone you really like and making a play for them um, can't go wrong with that either. I mean, if you think about it, like from the regular draft, Jim, we're talking about like the first five rounds of this year's draft, the Pirates feel reasonably confident they can turn them into major league players. Okay. That's pretty good. And when you get a top 10 guy or top 15 guy in the international pool, that tends to kind of work out to like a second or a third round pick. So seems like, you know, the, the approach works there. 
Before Shalen Polanco last year, it had been more than a decade since the Pirates inked a top 15 prospect in this poll. And yeah. when we talk about how devoid of, of talent the farm system has been, man, you know, it. I guess it, to me, I'm happy to see something different, even if I can't put my thumb on why it's better. <laughs> well, you know, Rob said something um, that I think is absolutely true. And in, in when you talk about the international uh, draft like this is, you really can make an argument both ways. Um, mm -hmm. The quantity, the quality over quantity thing is, is great. Um, but it's also really nice to be able to go and spread that out and see if you can't I mean, instead of one lottery ticket, you feel better about what about five that you feel decent about i mean especially when you've got to get all this talent from within your system which they technically would be at that point you know right. so it, it's it's tough i do i really do think you could sit here and do a split split screen and argue with yourself over it on each side of it and it would make perfect sense um, i would say before the contraction of minor league baseball that Rob Manfred pulled off just, you know, a year ago. I think I could make more of an argument for the way that Neil Huntington used to do it. But now you kind of can't afford to be bringing in 20, 30 raw prospects that quickly. And I know they Where have they the DSL, <laughs> but you, you can only have so many guys down there. So maybe, maybe this approach was not even a philosophy of Charrington, but more forced upon him by circumstance. Because if you think about it, that's gonna that's rough to think about bringing that many prospects in. It is. I mean, um, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, I guess it would come down to is maybe it should change every time you're in this position for the draft is that, you know, if you think you're in a really good spot with one guy and you've ID'd that guy and you want to pour the resources into one or two players, then maybe you should go that route. Um, maybe it shouldn't be set in stone um, from an organizational philosophy standpoint. Um, I know that's typically not how it's done. I think teams uh, – let me give you a horror story that I did, that I did find was the Yankees – have gotten um, uh, burned in the past just with uh, – they dropped out at the last minute with uh, Wander Franco and let the Rays have them. And they chose to spend uh, their money and their resources on like five of the top 30 picks. They went, nope, you know what, we'll go that route. Right. Well, that was – a huge miss, obviously, um, knowing what we know now. And now they are kind of redirecting back to zeroing in on a couple guys, throwing all the money toward right. that. So, I mean, it's not just the Pirates that are in this situation. Every team has to make a decision about how they're going to go about it. There's one last point that I wanted to, to just mention on, on this uh, international pool, um, because one of the things that – hasn't come up officially yet, but I know it was a wish of the players was to potentially roll the, the international draft into the regular baseball draft. And I don't know um, what they would do to the age there. Would they change the age that you can draft a player um, to younger or would they just up the age of international picks? Either way, do you, do you guys think that's a good idea, or do you like the current system as it is? Because I I could, I could go with that either way as well. And, Rob, I'll let you start with that. Is yeah. it okay with you the way it is, or do you think they should just roll them in and make them all 18? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, that, that just seems like such a – such a huge amount of, you know, just of, of, of players to, to 
to to pull from, doesn't it? I mean, to accurately uh, scout at least, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you, and even I mean, if you even just boil it down to being at separate times of the year, so that your so that your staff has time to you know concentrate on the one draft and then you concentrate on the other one, um, you know, it, it just seems like an awful lot to throw all you know all together. All at it feels like, like it would rob opportunity from some people that um, otherwise wouldn't have it. Yeah. Well, and I, I and worry about that. You know, because yeah. the first thing Major League Baseball would do is pull scouts out of the area. Because yeah, if they're yeah. only going to pick the top guys, they're going to send guys to, to focus on uh, De Los Santos and Blanco and mm-hmm. whoever else the top couple guys are. And they're going to be in the top two, three rounds of the baseball right. draft, and that's it. They're just like any other player at that point. Hmm. You know, like to I, me, I, yeah. I think I think I look at it like I know, like from the owner standpoint, I think they want to keep things right where they're at. Right? Um, this is this becomes um, some high upside guys that you don't have to spend a lot of money on. It keeps labor costs down, you know, essentially. Um, that's how I see it. I can't see the, the owners being all that interested in um, changing what is a pretty good deal for them right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. I don't think it's on the table, and I don't think it will be. But I guess I, I just start to think about, certain aspects of, of the things that are being asked for and how they would change them and, and the unintended consequences of them. You know, like I, yeah. we just saw that, that graduation ceremony down there at the Dominican Academy um, for the Pirates players at, at, the, uh, at the school down there. Things like that, and it's sad to say, but that wouldn't happen for some of those kids. Yeah. If if they if they didn't have this international draft that pulled them into a baseball system and started cultivating them, it, it's just it's something to me that I'd hate to see go away because I think it's one of the things that has really changed baseball for the better. Like look at most of the exciting young players in the league right now that we just keep discussing, like Juan Soto and Frank Tatis and and Wander Franco and well, yeah. Acuna, where do they all come from, right? I mean, the international draft, and some of them, some of them have some legacy behind them as well to get them some attention. But it's almost a shame that they 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 don't have better representation or a little bit bigger of the pie. Um, But we know how that works too. So um, it's certainly not going to be set up to benefit them. And um, maybe as time goes on. And more and more of these 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 players are coming through, and just the impact of them. Maybe there there's some ground to be made up there too. Maybe, but I don't think there's enough time in the universe that Einstein could even envision that are going to make some team pay five million dollars for a 16 year old that they're not sure is actually interested in being a professional baseball player yet. You never know, Gary. It's baseball. These these teams with money, they do a lot of crazy things. So basically, <laughs> your theory is the movie The Rookie is real. Um, <laughs> I don't know because I've never seen it, and um, so full admission. That's that's uh, something I'll have to um, uh, brush up on. You're not missing anything. Hey, I think that's a good place to end this week, though. I I really had a good time, especially our. Um, our topic that wasn't supposed to be. I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. <laughs> we should definitely talk more about that period of time and and some of our conspiracy theories on both ends of that window because uh, that was good stuff. Yeah, there's more to that. Maybe we can revisit it. Yeah, I love oh, that. Like and, I said, uh, anytime. Rob, you come up to town, time. man. We got to have a beer. We'll sit down oh, yeah, and talk face to face, man. But, absolutely. Uh, say goodbye to everybody and give yourself a little plug and uh, yeah. we'll move on. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Uh, you know, like I said, love talking pirates baseball and don't get nearly enough chance to do it. Uh, you know, except on the 
on the machine. Um, but yeah, if uh, my my website, if you'd if you'd care to stop by, uh, is uh, robalman.com, R-O-B-U-L-L-M-A-N.com. Um, my uh, my strip cartoon canon runs every Sunday morning on DK Pittsburgh Sports, which you're probably all aware. Uh, but um, you know, um, in case you're not, please check it out. Uh, and you know, if if you think of it, uh, pop into the comments section and. And uh, just drop me a line on, you know, what you think of, of that week's strip or whatever. Uh, it's always nice to hear that kind of feedback. I'm always jealous of the, the more controversial stories on the site that have like 188 comments and I have like, you know, seven. Uh, so, you know. So hey, next go. week his drawing is going to be Bonds didn't deserve to get in. <laughs> and it'll just be a sad face yeah. Bonds like. Oh, it's, it's, you know, I'm getting to slim pickings. Uh, I, I was thinking about it today and I, I think I have a, you know, specific timely idea for, uh, for Sunday strip. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Terrific, I don't, man. Dude, I don't know how you, like, I have the artistic ability of a cinder block. So I, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm always amazed by people that have that, that creativity, uh, aspect and um, yeah, so uh, I like to see what you do. And um, God, you made us look halfway decent. So <laughs> yes, know. we definitely uh, we definitely have the best ones. I mean, they came out great. They really did. Yeah, so. you know that was that was a fun that was fun. You know, it's always uh, you know it's always uh, you know fun to like get a you know get a well the, well the challenge was somebody you don't know you don't know anything about their personality or whatever. So you know you're just going off right. a photograph and. Um, but, uh, but I don't know all the ones for the podcast were, were, were a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time doing that. Well, we appreciate it, man. And we appreciated having uh, you on and your, your insight on some things. And I, I really loved awesome. have, uh, having that talk about that period of time. I'm serious. That was great. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, good time. Mr. Stam, everybody in the household is feeling better. Yes. Um, I was the only one that, uh, somehow contacted, uh, contracted covid and um everything's good i'm back to normal whatever that is and um yeah so and if uh you want to reach out to me on twitter it's uh for the city underscore 412 or at jim stam 22 you know me guys all pittsburgh all the time i have reached a new low for covid right now i mean i have had it three times and my low is not having covid my low is that my new neighbor decided to have their child learn violin. And it's, it's the worst experience of my entire life, Jim. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I can hear every shrieking twang of the, of the wires, and I, I just can't do it. Wow. That's, um, that would not be a – I mean, other than maybe drums for this, yep. this year – just the sheer loudness of it, but violin, that's got a special uh, pitch that you're dealing with there. <laughs> it's, pretty the it's pretty it's bad. It's pretty bad. And like it, every time I really, really get down about it, I look at my cats cause they're the ones that are really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they think's going on in the walls, but they, they both hate it. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, great week everybody. And uh, I don't want to fumble on the, on the two here. So, Make sure you do stop by the live show uh, January 22nd at North Shore Tavern at 2 o'clock. We're going to be there. Tons of good stuff, uh, a lot of giveaways, um, bobbleheads, all kinds of stuff for, for everybody. Come out, participate, participate online or in person. Super excited to have you. Follow the show, Pirates Fan Forum on Twitter. Subscribe. Give us a rating like Dayon's always asking. If you like the show, please give us a rating. It really means something to us. And without further ado, I think uh, it's time for Mr. Ben to say goodbye. Yes, goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.